0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عاقبه للمتقين ولا, ولا عدوان الا على الظالمين والصلاه الله والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم لا سهل الا ما جعلته سهلا وان تجعل الحزن اذا شئت سهلا اللهم اعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Hope everybody is good. Jazakumullah <coughs> khair. Right. Delay today, obviously. Which obviously means that Shizad Saleem is not here. That's what happens when Shizad Saleem is not here. However, lads did a good job, to be honest. They did an alright job. Hold on, let's see how alright. Ah, nine minutes. No, not nine minutes it took them. Nine minutes extra it took them. Two man's as well. Shizad Saleem by himself, six minutes. Two months by themselves, 37 minutes. Bad question, why would you give him a night off? Would well, you honestly think I'd give him a night off? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's come up with his own banner these days. Banner is the same, yeah? Yeah. he's comes up with his own banner. You know, by the way, today I was working with a Punjabi plumber and I was practicing all my moves on him, yeah? <coughs> yeah. Asif, yeah? Daniel, Daniel. And I, I was <laughs> <laughs> so I kept saying these words and he's saying, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, I'm a Punjabi expert. And I was like, he goes to me, why should you speak Punjabi? I go, <laughs> and he liked that. So I got 10 out of 10 for that. Fir. All right, so, and I said, fir, he really liked that. <laughs> uh, no, he's all right. It's nothing special, but you've got to obviously give him a bit Punjabi lines, isn't it? What was I saying? Yeah, he's got a banner now, but he basically he does lecturing now, isn't it? <laughs> so he's Professor now, isn't he? He's not Dr. BME, uh, MBA, AA, whatever he is. Yeah, <laughs> of course. He's a professor as well, and goes to university and starts lecturing. Yeah, war. Well. So he went to I think uh, Lincoln and Leicester, and they said, "Oh, you've got to come back." Thanks. Mookie, all I want to know is what the fish are you doing in that whole practice, bro? Just tell me that, I thought, bro. I, bro <laughs> I've quite, what does he actually do? I know, know Musan goes and does all of the yeah, I mean of running up and down and buying this that I, I know Wakast just basically spends time in the gym does nothing. <laughs> yeah? that does the managing, the lecturing, the organizing. All the huh? all da, yeah? yeah. <coughs> uh, no, muki, muki. Really, yeah? Chalo, <coughs> khalas. <coughs> Is Asal Chalo take yeah? it. We take that. So uh, today, uh let's see at least one at least one and then maybe two big subjects. Um to cover, insha'Allah. we can't get the text up, and I never have it in English. Who, anything? Anyone have any printed uh, stuff? Anyone have anything printed, or uh, on their on their thingy? You can just look at it. Yeah. So read it. Read it out to the. Uh, read out the English. So today's Arabic, okay. Today's Arabic. Um, is wa yubahu واوساطها واذا نابه وَيُبَاحُ قِرَاءَةُ اواخر السور واوساطها واذا نابه شيء سبح رجل وصفقت امراه ببطن كفيها على ظهر الاخرى ويبصق في الصَّلَاةِ عن يساره Yeah, I think thats more than enough i think that's more than enough so you got a translation there? No, it's permissible to recite. It is permissible to recite from the end of uh, surahs and from the middle of surahs. And if someone, uh, or if he is, uh, What did I translate as? Huh? وَإِذَا شَيْءٍ Meaning that if something needs to be uh, uh, made an announcement of If he needs to be indicated to If you need to give a, a shout out to the Imam رجلun, A man will say Subhanallah And a woman will clap her hands Using the uh, The inside Or the, the What's the inside? Palm The palm with the What's this? The, the dorsal The back so the, the palm of one hand on the back of the other hand, I give you a plan, yeah. <laughs> it is allowed to recite from the end and middle of surah. It is to from the, end and the middle of surahs. Yep. Yeah. If, if one needs to bring attention to something, males are to say Subhanallah. Whilst women are to clap their hands. Using the inner palm of one hand. Using the inner palm of one hand And the outside of the other. See, this is what I'm sitting there thinking about, you see. Yeah, carry on. Carry Um, on. One is allowed to spit to his left side. One is allowed to spit to his left side. Yeah, that's enough. Okay, we'll 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 leave it there. Right, so in terms of where we start. We've already mentioned this actually, but the Sheikh thought that, you know, let's just uh, emphasize this part again, that it is permissible, it's not prohibited rather. Um to recite yani, bits and p- pieces of the surah. And uh, Sheikh Uthameen says in actual fact, you can even argue that sometimes it's sunnah. قَدْ يَكُونَ He says maybe it's sunnah. I know he doesn't mean that, even though it's a very strong statement for him to say sunnah, because later on he's gonna say something else. But what he really means, I feel, أعلم, is that in certain times and places it's sunnah. For example, in the, the, the two examples we've already given before. Anyone remember? The two examples are Surah al-Baqarah in uh, the first Raqqa of the Sunnah of Fajr and then from Surah Ali Imran from the second Raqqa of Sulatul Fajr. So you know the two Sunnah of Fajr, the standard is to recite Qulya Al-Kafirun and Kul Hu Allahu Ahad, right? However, the Prophet ﷺ used to recite uh, Surah al-Baqarah, which is uh, verse one hundred and thirty six, Kulu Aman Nabillahi. وَمَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَيْنَا وَمَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ وإسحاق وياقوب وَمَا مُوسَى وَمَا مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِنْهُمْ وَنَحْنُ لَهُ مُسْلِمُونَ that's the, the what he would recite in the first ayah, Allahu Akbar so just literally one ayah. and then in the second raka'ah, as opposed, to, so that's replace al in the second raka'ah, he would re- replace Kulhu Allahu ahad with a, a surah with uh, uh, verse sixty four from Surah Ali Imran. Pulia Ahl Kitabita alo ila Kelimat in Sawah in Baina Nawaina com Ella Nabuda illa laha, Wala Nusrika be he sha, Walaya Tahida, Baduna, Badan Arberba Midunilla, for interwallo, Fakulush Hadu, Biana, Muslimun. That is the other ayah, Allahu Akbar. Yeah. So the good thing about this. I tell you what's interesting about this, Um, as a habit, one, you know that you always got to keep your Salah fresh. And the only way that you can keep your Salah fresh is to, um, two fundamental ways, vary it according to the Sunnah, increase Tasbih, decrease Tasbih, change a few things up. Uh, When I say change a few things up, I'm mostly looking at maybe the odd occasion, leaving a Surah out, just to kind of shock your system because the, the person doesn't like to do that. It's not the sunnah to leave a surah out as well. However, we know that it's permissible. Yep. And that shock for the system brings a level of awareness and awakeness in the prayer that's probably more valuable than the actual reciting of the surah. Now, that's a big shout, but I strongly believe that. Okay. Because if a person is reciting a surah and thinking, yeah, because I'm saying Quran, it goes back to the whole argument is the reciting. Are more rewarded or is the tadabbur the, re- the reflection upon what you're doing more rewarded and i'm 100 in the camp of mm. reflection so that's one way the other way is to add things or to deeply invest in the meaning and understand what you're saying so if you learn arabic and then you use surahs that you read a little bit before about or you change things up especially which are ritualistic now ritualistic you can't get more ritualistic than the two Sunnah Fajr because everybody recites every time so, if there ever was going to be two autopilot surahs, and especially as most people don't come to the masjid either, right? So, most people are not coming to masjid, they're praying at bedside, so that's like bam, bam, bam. And then probably their farz is probably the same as well, because it's all about getting back into bed. Yeah? So, people aren't investing in their prayer, ultimately. You can't expect a miracle. You're not willing to give it time, effort, going to a masjid, get excited by it, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy the masjid, you know, people, this, that, imam, come back. And you've got to invest in your prayer. But anyway, point is, is that uh, one of the obvious ways is to mix surahs up. Learn a little one every day. Now, this is a piece of cake. This is just one ayah. Granted, it's an ayah longer than the entire surah that you normally recite. So, it's a long ayah. But it's a sick ayah. Proper, any yani, real deal. So, that's Al-Baqarah, uh, 136. And Ali Imran, 64. So... Sheikh says that sometimes he would recite this and sometimes he would recite قُلْ al-Kafirun and qul in a second. As for the obligatory, then um, it has not been narrated from the Prophet ﷺ that he read from the middle of a surah. So he starts from the middle of a surah. Like this example. Al miran in the Sunnah of Fajr is a direct evidence of the Prophet ﷺ reciting from the middle of a surah. But that's not been narrated in the obligatory. However, we know that anything that's narrated in the sunnah is allowed in the fard unless there is something which prohibits it. So that helps us. However, also we can add though that yes, although the Prophet ﷺ never recited from the middle of a fard prayer, although he never actually did that, what he did do is that he recited from its beginning and he also recited from its end. One time, for example, he... um, and this is how Shaykh Uthameen is, is defining the Prophet's recitation of Surah Al A'raf in two raka'ah. So, I think when I'm saying that he didn't start from the beginning, it means like from the beginning of the prayer. Yeah? Because in the second raka'ah, he obviously did. But it doesn't count like reciting from the middle because he's carrying on from what he got to in the first half. So, that's also obviously, you know, many, uh, it's a long surah that 200 plus ayats. How many ayats is A'raf? 200, 200 and something, it's long, yeah, and it's got so many ayahs, right? So, you're talking at, so it's, it takes a long time to read, A'raf is hard work, yeah? And not easy on the tongue, not one that's commonly read, so it takes a long time. So, the first half he would read, or he did read once, he read the first half, finishes, Allahu Akbar, then starts the second one, then he reads the second half. So, this shows you're allowed to split, it also shows you don't have to start at the beginning of a surah, and this is obligatory prayer. We also have another hadith, and this this hadith, by the way, is narrated. Uh, we we actually we covered this hadith before, uh, and I gave a reference for it. But just, yani. Yeah, but anyway, uh, the uh, transcribing team is it's there on page seventy-six of Al Mumtah. And then also, the Prophet Wasallam did something similar, although it doesn't seem like he did this intentionally to Surat Al-Mu'minun he's reciting Surat Al-Mu'minun okay, which isn't very long at all, couple of pages okay and uh, but whilst he was reading he just got a coughing fit and he was coughing and he was coughing and he was coughing and he couldn't continue so he went Allahu Akbar yep yeah? so he then Sallallahu Alaihi then stands and then he completes it in the second one so we know uh, that that's okay however uh, however, to start, just randomly from the middle, this has not been narrated from the Prophet And that's one of the reasons why some of the scholars dislike this practice um, in the prayer Shaykh Uthamin, however, says no. Let's get it right, though. It is permissible because there's nothing to prohibit it outright. So it is permissible. But he says, um, This is something uh, 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 interesting. He goes, He goes, We can conclude that it is permissible to recite from the beginning, from the middle, and from the end of any surah. And the general evidences for, for that are number one, the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, the, per, the statement of Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala, min Surah Muzamil, verse 20 recite that which is easy for you from the Quran. That obviously yani is an indication of whatever is easy for you, means that in actual fact, this is the evidence why all of the scholars do not make a reading of a surah obligatory. Just so that you know in a in the a salah. Yeah, so a surah Fatiha is enough according to all four imams. When I say enough, meaning your prayer is not invalidated. It's not a great prayer to keep not, not follow the sunnah. However, if a person did not recite Yani, all of this. Then it's something. Do uh, not recite the, the surah Then the prayer is something which is acceptable. Also, the Prophet said, yasra ma'aka minal Quran. This is the statement of the hadith uh, of the Prophet Wasallam in Bukhari, hadith number seven five five in the uh, in the book of Salah. He said, "Recite whatever you have with you from the, the Quran. Whatever is easy for you." That's specifically speaking to a person. Hey, whatever you've got, just you know, read from whatever you've got. Okay. Um, the second evidence is that the Prophet ﷺ recited in the Nafil prayer from the middle of the surah. Fin, Nafl, fard, illa as I said before, whatever is established in Nafil is therefore established and obligatory unless there's an evidence to say no as an exception. I love what he's about to say next. He goes, "Wala'kin, well, If we say something is permissible, that does not mean uh, that this is the same as someone reciting a full surah. Like, you know, a person hears it's permissible, so they kind of relax on the issue, because it's permissible. But Shaykh wants to say that actually you need to realize that the asal and the preferred act that a person should try to focus on is to recite complete surahs, which obviously is difficult for larger ones, but then you're not meant to recite larger ones in obligatory prayers. Yani, these larger kind of surahs are the pr- personal prayers, private prayers, out of the way of stressing people out kind of prayers, whereas the prayers that yani you're uh, uh, you know, with the people, either as an imam or yani, you know, your obligatory prayers in the middle of the day, you're working, man's got stuff to do, family, etc., etc., is sharp and succinct, succinct. Yani, And I don't mean by that you know, two, three lines. I mean a couple of pages here and there. This is the, the way that you normally recite. And we covered this before last year about what surahs are meant to be recited in what prayers as a recommendation. But, but what's really interesting is the way that لِأَنَّ الاصل, To recite a full surah is the asal. Because when Mu'adh, and you remember what happened to Mu'adh, yeah? so he goes to um, uh, this village and he prays with the Prophet ﷺ, Isha, and then he goes and he leads his people because they don't really have an imam. And when he recites for them, basically he kills them. Yeah, he recites ages long, 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 kick-off surahs. And basically, man's behind him said, I've had enough of this, and they walk out on the prayer. And they, not only did they walk out on the prayer, they complained to the Prophet ﷺ, you know, this is what's happening, you know, got, we need to go sleep, blah, blah, blah. And my guy's going on <coughs> and on. And so obviously, Prophet became extremely angry. And he went to the uh, Mu'adh, and he really admonished him. But after that, the admonishing, what he said to him is and a very nice. He goes, if only you'd lead these people with سَبِّهِ Rabbi Al Aala and Surat Al-Shams and Surat Al-Layl then you know, that's, that's all he said So this is like Sheikh Ahlan's favourite hadith in the entire universe by the way okay? He spends day and night going around telling everybody Sheikh Ahlan's favourite and Monty's number one new favourite hadith okay I remember we were in the do you remember we were in a tent in minah And we're having this debate about how amazing yeah, Sheikh of the Ghafar's recitation is and it's all amazing and you know, whatever what not. and Monty's day he goes, No, I'm not having it, I'm not having it. <laughs> he kills me, man, he kills me, he's going on too long, going on too long. And I I, I said to him, you know, the only person I ever, ever heard that from in my entire life is Sheikh Ehlan when he visits. Always criticizing Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar. Abdel- Sheikh Abdul Khafar has a complex, you know, when he knows that Kehlan is there. So I always say to him, No, no, he's not here, don't worry about him. <laughs> Ignore him, he's not here, he's not here. Because he will not fail to grab, grip uh, grip him afterwards and say <laughs> to him, What's going on? What happened to That's all he wants. Kehlan, just, that's all he wants. So I said, Sheikh, I need to introduce you to someone. <laughs> so I joined these two up, man. And they had a bro, bro moment, you yeah. know, the fish. Anyway, so. Um, sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al says that uh, uh, that there's a reason why these surahs have been revealed. Yeah, in, 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 a, in a, as a complete unit, and as a complete unit, it has a message. It has a rhyme. It has a it has a flow. It has a, and that's meant to be transferred across. Now, with the greatest of respect to uh, the Sheikh, I don't agree. I think that if there are impactful collections of verses that have a more important impact upon a group of people for whatever reason then i think that should be given priority because ultimately it's the impact and effect that is the one that should be given priority to uh, and as much as possible the sunnah should be maintained of maintain of reading um uh, complete surahs. i do need to say something all right i'm a huge fan huge fan and beneficiary that's probably the most important statement to make, of Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar's approach to reciting in the obligatory prayers. As most of you know, uh, this is one of those very few masajid. There's not many like this in the world. Um, But we are a a masjid that finishes the Qur'an in the loud prayers. So the imam in Fajr, Maghrib and Isha, every day that he's here, which works out about five days a week, Okay, when you take off, you know, prayers here and there. So across those 15 prayers, times, you know, the whole year, so times 52, so it's like 250 days. Across those prayers, is going to finish the Qur'an. And he does it about once or twice a year, from the beginning to the end. It just goes continuously. Now, the truth is, is that this is completely against Sunnah. There's no doubt about that. If we're going to be technical and academically honest, as much as it kills me to say that. Because for me, it is essential. It is my lifeblood for my day, for my week, for my anything. For me, it's the only thing that makes me worth coming to the masjid, coming to the area, coming to living in the country. For me, anything else would be a waste of time. Very important for me, but I do feel a bit selfish like that. For me, it's an opportunity to revise, to hear things I've not heard. It's so good. And I'm sick to death of the alternative. Right? We don't find a nice happy medium where people are, you know, okay, reciting some of the sunnah prayers that you're meant to recite. Okay? Like Watina wa Zaytun, which is an often one that was recited by the Prophet sallallahu wa in Maghrib. Like Surah Zalzala, which is an often one that was recited in the Isha prayer by the Prophet sallallahu wa And then... Yeah, any one, two-page yeah, jobs uh, uh, you know, in Fajr here and there, true. However, I've seen the opposite. So when I go to Pakistan, in my own masjid, the, the masjid that my dad built, yes, we because of shortage of imams, this, that, whatever, whatnot, you just take whoever you've got. And we have a, a young uh, 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 talib, taliban, yani, talib means yani, d- d- in these areas, everyone who studies is called talib. So he's a young student of knowledge. Hanafi uh, Deobandi, Patan Bataan, studies. Very nice Yani, well-read and so on. He had a very pure character. But I can tell you that he sticks to maybe one surah for the entire prayer. All of the time. Like, you know, it's the most dead experience humanly possible. What, do you mean, so? yeah, I, what is it that he recites again? No. My mind became numb to it. I don't know. Every prayer, you go. every prayer. Every prayer. Every prayer. No. I'm telling you. And he's full Hafiz, by the way. <laughs> every let me just tell you that. Let me, uh, uh, it's good because I'm giving you two extremes now, yeah? And it is probably two extremes. Sheikh al-Ghafar, King Hafiz. Okay? His Hafiz, Bismillah, Masha'Allah. And he recites the whole Quran. This guy, King Hafiz. Every Taraweeh. Three Khatams or six? My dad's here as well. I don't even know. Yeah, he's. he's just, I think three. Or uh, at least three Khatams or six. And he kills him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Completely meaningless. But the point is is that you still got to have something in it to be able to knock that out three times. Yeah? And uh, 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 so he's got that in the bank. And Abdul Khafar has got it in his bank. But he expresses it by reciting the whole Qur'an and my guy expresses it by reciting one surah again, 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 again. Well, and no, but he does, isn't it? Yes, That's how he sees it. I gotta make up for it. Ramadan, yani I smash it out. What more do you want? <laughs> and you know, the problem is the, prob- the problem is you can never win. You can never win. Because people really complained against him. <laughs> Me, I couldn't, ba- I-, I couldn't possibly pray. I couldn't even keep up, man. I'm not, I'm, my knees are gone. I just couldn't even keep up. So I used to pray at home. We used to make our own jama'at at home. Uh, we still do, actually. And we have Hufad in our home, yani, four or five. Yani. So it's not an issue, right? However, it's nice because it's next door, blah, blah. So he changed for a little while. And you know what happened when he changed? You know These guys carry guns with them. <laughs> <laughs> they're 90 years old, 85 years old, 100 years old. Yeah, The majority of the, you know, it's a village mosque. And it's a Patan village mosque. You can understand you know, the, 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 you know, the context. And they, everyone comes to the Salah with their gun, puts the gun down. What not arguments are not Yanni it's not you don't get into arguments and uh, they complained they complained Yani, you know uh, uh, my my cousin my first cousin hafiz and uh, great ilm, and he's under my mentorship so I put him here there whatever teaching myself blah 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 top hafiz top top yani, young scholar and um, they won't let him lead why no, full bed. Full everything. Uh, Dio. Yeah, he, he he sits up, yani, in the, uh, uh, between the sajda. Allah, so, uh, Allahu Akbar. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. Allahu Akbar. They would not want to do that business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Bro, this is, every village out there is like that. If you do all this, they want to see Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. They just want a fluid motion. Shh. Matrix. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, so let me just look. look. So, that's, that, that's a madness, yeah? But in, in, in fairness, this is also a madness. If you were to say which one is actually, uh, you know, further away from the sunnah, obviously he is because of his actions, but if it was the fact that he stayed to a short surah, he's much closer to the sunnah than Abdel Ghaffar is. Because everyone who's behind him, is nine years old, like, they're all about to die, right? And literally, you know, you can't be keeping those mans hanging around. Yeah? So he's just keeping it short. And by the way, I will be the first to, as much as he freaks me out and I can't pray behind him and I won't pray behind him, I'm the first one to bear witness that the guy is a wali of Allah. There's no doubt about that. He doesn't leave the masjid, lives in the masjid, spends the whole night praying in the masjid. He's like the modern mutaqi, if you're ever going to find one. You know what I'm trying to say? As simple as they come doesn't care about the dunya, couldn't care less, nothing, blah, 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 as simple, poor as they come, and, and so on. So, uh, however, so in, as horrible as that prayer is, and invalid in my opinion as well, in, in terms of content, is closer to the Sunnah, theoretically speaking, than this one here, which is obviously closer to the Sunnah in terms of its time, reflection, recitation proper. However, um, it's not reciting from the recommended, and so on. The reason this one's okay, though, and the reason this one's better is because he doesn't recite long. The reason he divides it over 250 days of Fringi is so that he only ends up praying. He never prays more than two pages, for example, in Fajr, and only a quarter of a page in the thingy. And what did he do now? How many lines did he recite from Kav today? Like three or four in each rakah? <laughs> yeah? Something like that, a quarter page odd. So, his length is uh, 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 the bigger concern. Alright So this I want you to know That this idea of Reciting little bits And uh, complete It's not so straightforward The point is It is permissible To recite part, parts But it's better To recite whole And it's certainly Better for you to invest And learn something new That's the biggest thing Yeah To actually challenge yourself Alright um, Now وَإِذَا الدَّمِيرِ يَعُودَ عَلَى المصلي السَّيَاقِ So If What did I translate here? Yes? Oh, um, if one needs to bring attention to something. I spent a long time trying to work out the best way. Okay. But anyway, if one needs to bring attention to something, right? then, now something, by the way, means, uh, obviously, when you say something, that could mean absolutely anything. Uh, however, what it means is that it is linked to the actual prayer as well. And also not linked to the uh, 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 prayer. So for example, something which is li- linked to the prayer is if the imam is, uh, uh, make, makes a mistake and he stands for the fifth when he should be sitting down because it's a four or three and a two, something like that. So he goes subhanallah to make sure that the imam knows and corrects the prayer. However, something which is not to do with the prayer, so for example, someone says, hey, yeah, or assalamualaikum, or knocks on the door, And you're praying, then Subhanallah for the male, and then theoretically speaking, the clap of the hand for the female to indicate that they're praying. That is, as it stands right now, what it seems apparent that a person can do. We can clarify this a bit more. So the man says Subhanallah, all right, and he says it once, and he's not allowed to say it another time because this dhikr is only legislated, yeah, to be said for a reason. and that is once. Once it's been fulfilled, it's not allowed to be able to repeat it again. The only time it's allowed to repeat, when you repeat again second time, you've taken, you're have you saying something that's not legislated in the prayer. The only time you're allowed to repeat this is if the, other, the Imam has not clocked on. So he carries on saying it and saying it until the actual Imam then realizes that he's been called and makes it clear that he responds. A man here, by the way, also, does not necessarily mean someone has to be balik. So, an adolescent, a prepubescent, postpubescent, in those kind of, you know, going through puberty, this is all applying to them. So, male is the more correct answer. Yeah, male, isn't it? Not man. Yeah? Did that translate as ma- male. Yeah, good. Male. Yeah. Uh, and then the woman claps her hands, two hands, okay? And it's clear that there's a differentiating between the ruling here, between a male. And a female This is now page 263 Now Especially when they are uh, In the prayer Now what's all, this, what's all this about It's clear that the woman Is not meant to use her voice Okay Or not made, meant to make her voice apparent Especially in the prayer Now If the woman Now this is what Shaykh Uthameen says And this is what all the scholars will say If the woman says Subhanallah It is possible for it to cause fitnah لَا سِيَّمَا إِذَا كَانَ جَمِيلَ Especially if the woman's voice is beautiful or soft. Okay? Because the صلى الله عليه وسلم said, for example, two hadith. The first of them, إِنَّ شَيْطَانِ يَجْرِي مِنْ إِبْنِ آدَم That man, is, uh, 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 and by that humans, but the male especially, is never free from the impact of shaitan who flows through him like the one's veins do like the blood flows through one's veins so this is a 24 7 reality for a male anything to do with provocation or the sexual thought or etc etc that's the first one second that hadith is narrated by bukhari hadith number uh, three two eight one the second hadith is a nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam ma he said ma nisa. Hadith in Bukhari 5096. I have not left after me a fitna that's more harmful upon men than women. And there are maybe, I don't know, hundreds of hadith that warn the man about the impact of women. Specifically, uh, generally, and across the board. Across the board. Now, so that should mean that a man should be very, very careful about how he is around women and what happens in conversations and their voices and so on and so forth but that still would not theoretically make the the voice an aura that's taking it to a whole different level all right so think about this yeah a woman's dress a woman's body is of different types Yeah, and when i mean it falls into different categories there are very sexual parts of a woman of course or oh, Male and females, obviously, private parts, but for all female, they are far more prominent and sexualized in a way that it has an impact upon men as opposed, to vice, uh, as opposed to vice versa. Now, for that reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded different rules to do with those pieces or, or parts of the body. So the private parts, for example, are never allowed to be shown to any single person except complete extreme uh, 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 emergency. Yeah. However... The chest, for example, is of not the same ruling but also completely prohibited to show to most people most times except for extreme emergency and those famous exceptions. Nursing mothers, blah, 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 in front of other women, etc, etc, and so on and so forth. Then lesser than that is her hair, for example. So the woman's hair and her arms, right, are also sexualized parts of a woman's body. However, that, that are completely impermissible, as in, as haram So if you want to like put haram on levels Then looking at a woman's private parts is as haram as looking at her hair Just so that you know, in terms of consequence, in terms of legal ruling of haram However, they're not the same in terms of magnitude And they're not the same in terms of policing And so therefore that's why the, the hair of a woman can be seen by a much wider circle Right of people, including friends and family, and so on and, and so forth of the of the girl. Yeah. So you understand the, the kind of like the tiered approach. Yeah. And that and we could then end with the hands and the face. Now the hands and the face also are very, especially in a very very beautiful woman, but let alone even a very beautiful woman. Any you know any woman? There are the woman is different from the man. So uh, that's why in, in principle we know that the purest of women and those are the female companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they would cover their entire faces and their hands. They would wear gloves and they would cover their faces. Not only would they cover their faces, they would cover their faces with a burqa. And the burqa is the eyes covered as well. The eyes covered takes a, different, a couple of different forms. The eye covering can either be completely covered and the mesh يعني, enough to see, or like the opinion of Abdullah ibn Abbas, which is that even that is not acceptable. Abdullah ibn Abbas's opinion is that only one eye can be seen for the direction. That is how much he polices the appearance of women in the company of men, just so that you, you get that uh, understanding. And that's yani those women who want to take it to the, to the highest and the purest level. Then you can start deconstructing that, as I said. All right. Oh, sorry, sorry, No, there's one higher. The one higher than that, when I, when I say higher, I mean stricter, if that makes sense, yeah? Because higher is, of course, the, the, the bottom, yeah? Uh, this is a, a stricter. So next would be the voice. And there are, even though it's a minority position, there are a number of scholars that said that the voice of the woman is awra as well. And you'll find, like, general evidences which suggest this, okay, incidents here and there and so on, but this is the number one evidence. So if you ever thought, why is it that some scholars only consider it to be completely impermissible for women to be speaking in the presence of men except for a need, okay, then this is that hadith. And that this is the hadith because it says very clearly that men are meant to say subhanallah and if, if the woman's voice was not awra, why can't they say subhanallah? Alright? So they were told to clap their hands. There's no other single rational point other than the, 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 what we just said. Now, how you unravel all of this, okay, in a day-to-day kind of life while still sticking faithful, confuses people. For someone like me, it doesn't confuse me at all, whatsoever. And I think that sometimes a little bit of pragmatism is very important, especially, you know, especially as it's, there's, a, there's an increase in the number of people that read into these little things and they make it the be-all and the end-all of their Islam. If I don't find an answer to this point, that I'm leaving hijab and I'm not going to pray and whatever, these people, honestly, you don't need them. Islam doesn't need them. And what kind of person, just think about this rationally, all right? the one who comes to you and says that I can't believe that Islam allows four wives, or I can't believe that Yanni, you chop the hands of a thief, or I can't believe that your God is, uh, will, put people in, will put people into hell. What kind of person... Who knows that the Creator is the one who sustains him and gives him and allows him and forgives him and 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 does controls this and runs that and everything makes sense, whatever, whatnot. Is now going to say, well, you know what? I don't believe in you and I don't believe in your mercy. And don't believe in your ex. Don't believe in your why. I don't believe in my, what my eyes see and don't believe what I feel. I don't believe what the truth is. I don't believe what the world believes. or because yeah, you allow a person to marry for or cut this or cut that. These are people who are just looking for an excuse and. These are people that always wanted Yani yeah, to find some kind of black and you should let them go on their way. The reason that we use the same principle though that ourselves though is to understand that when this happens, how do we respond? We respond and say, this is something which is qata'i. The Prophet ﷺ has stated it and we don't know what the wisdom uh, behind <coughs> it is or we, or we can say some wisdoms, but we don't know what the reason is. So we can't say what the illa is about what women can, uh, whether women can make tasbih or not but in terms of the wisdoms, then we think it's because of fitna, right? And it's no doubt that <laughs> a, 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 a singing women have always uh, been a sexual form of enticement, or whatever the the, the phrase is. What was what thing is called? In um, in was it Andromeda or you know, or Simbad or whatever? Muses. The who? Muses. The muses, the singing women, the singing women yeah. And people used to get allured in and then you would look at them and then... That was Medusa, I think. No, way, hold on. I'm getting my Medusa mixed up with my muses, getting mixed up with the snakes and getting mixed up with the turn to stone and getting mixed up to dying and whatever. But the point is, is that I think it's super clear that a male's voice, although of course it can be used in a sexual sense as well, is incomparable to a woman's voice. And that's something which has got to be just accepted. However, this is where it gets deep. Or this is where it gets interesting. We should say, hold on if the reason Shaykh Uthameen says it's not allowed for a woman to say Subhanallah but to clap her hands because the voice will be a fitna, what about when women are praying by themselves? Mm -hmm. What do you think? What's the reason? reason, Yeah. 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 They should be correct. Yeah. That's what Sheikh Uthameen, he suggests. He says, well, if this is the case, if we believe and go ahead with the fact that it is because their voices are fitna, then if they are praying by themselves, then they should be allowed to say it. However, he puts a caveat. Okay. He goes, he goes, some of the scholars said, He goes that, uh, number one, there's no men, so there should be no issue. Number two, tasbih is an actual dhikr. It's from the jinns of the prayer. yeah, It's from the actual genus of the prayer, which is a collection of adhkar, ultimately. Whereas the clapping of hands is something foreign. And we're only doing that. I mean, it's as foreign as it gets, actually, when you think about it. And we're only doing that because of the need. And therefore, and that, by the way, that's an evidence for why the women, the, the, some scholars said that the voice is awraq. They said, yani, the, the clapping of the hands is the weirdest, roughest kind of thing to introduce into what is an act of ibadah. For that to be allowed shows how serious the issue is of a woman not being allowed to say, SubhanAllah. Think about that for a second. Okay? So that is a strong evidence. And Shaykh Uthameen says it's a very strong evidence to suggest that the, uh, a woman's voice is awrah. But when I say woman's voice is awrah, technically that would mean a woman's not allowed to speak in public. Now we know that that's not true. That's why the majority of the scholars do not accept this opinion. Because we've seen so many women Speaking to the Prophet Sallallahu Asking fatwa Calling out Correcting Etc, etc, etc So the, the middle kind of way Is clear from the Quran Right? And the Sunnah Lahna al-Qawl Okay? The softness of speech Right? Is something which is prohibited By Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala So being seductive in one's voice Is prohibited And so Knowing that gives you all the parameters that you you need. A woman, therefore, is allowed to speak, and should interact as per normal. But she needs to be super self-aware of the power of her voice and her presence on others. And many of the time, many of the time, um, this is the part which irritates me most, personally, because I spent my whole life, you know, banging heads with feminists. Yeah, <laughs> my whole life, and I'll have another few more lives that will be banging my head as well that you'll see women get very upset when they hear this yeah we are being blamed for this blamed for that blah 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 they don't wait to hear obviously men have got their responsibility as well and they've got to deal with their themselves as well but they're not interested in that they just want to go on the attack and yet they are like every woman is and don't ever look at women and think miskeen because she's not miskeen there's no such thing as a miskeen woman every woman knows her power every woman understands the power that she has. Okay, they know their strength, don't think that oh, she's in the village, or oh, she's in a city, or oh, she's from X, or oh, she's, yani, siddhasada. There's no siddhasada in women, only in men. Only men are siddhasada. Women are khattarnaak, Fully aware. Now, that doesn't mean that they exercise their power, that's something else. But Are they aware? Yes, they are. Do they know how difficult hijab is? Yes, they do. Every woman knows and values her hair. No woman. You know, men couldn't care less. Certain other men couldn't even care (laughs) (laughs) less-less. But women, they definitely, definitely could care. And they do. So for them, okay, the hijab is a real struggle. A real struggle. They know. And those women who don't wear hijab, so many women, you know, men, women, uh, women, uh, sisters know about this stuff, but, I mean, men probably don't. You'll be amazed how many practicing sisters we have that don't wear hijab. I want to say practicing, I mean by that, like they pray like five times full and they don't do any of the other stuff in any kind of way, but they physically... Physically feel sick They find it very difficult Mentally I mean When physically, physically I mean that they, they literally become into a mental state The idea That they have to cover their hair Because they're so much attached To that sense of vanity That sense of beauty Which is of course What Allah has created in women Don't forget That's the difference between men and women That Allah has made women Love beauty and beautiful things Right? Unlike men And they have to fight that to, to go outside and to be in the presence of other people. So women fully understand their power, whatever, whether they exercise it or something else. Men what well, women need to understand more, in my opinion, is just how susceptible men are. They know, but maybe they don't know or they don't appreciate as much. Maybe they think you know, the holy men or the scholars or this brother's practicing or you know, whatever, or he's married, it all means nothing. A man is a man is a man, and they have to always be aware. Women have to always be aware. And so in amongst these kind of basic rules, okay, the idea that a female voice, you'll find through, I mean, listen, don't go by what you're seeing today. Go by your classical scholars. The scholars never allowed public recitation of women, for example, or presentations or performances. I know that there's this video going around at the moment, and I haven't pressed play because I won't. Because I just don't think it's permissible, right? But there's this uh, uh, American singer that's, uh, I don't know whether she's Muslim or not, I don't know, but she's apparently reciting Quran. And all I see is people saying, How amazing is this? How amazing is this? Now, yes, it's true. In the modern kind of like uh, modernist, I don't want to say full out modernist, I don't want to sell it out completely, but in the modern kind of expression of Islam, people are saying, This is great, we've got to, have, you know, we need to uh, encourage this and whatever, whatnot. There's no basis for this encouragement whatsoever. In actual fact, a woman reciting Quran very nicely, I mean, I mean the good thing is, is that most women are absolutely terrible yeah, at recitation, <laughs> which is absolutely great, because you wouldn't get yeah, any, uh, any kind of fitness from like, like, a, like the fitna from an onion, yeah? <laughs> right? So, you know, that'd be great. But those that can recite, and you know that there are, okay, and I know that then, then obviously that voice is a fitna. The female voice makes everything better. Female voice makes everything. I mean, I, you know, I don't need to keep going on about it everybody gets that. So, and therefore, we shouldn't be promoting that kind of thing. Now, people say, oh, you're cutting down women. No, we want her to become a superstar and present only to women. We want her to work on the women, and we want the men to not listen to that stuff. We want that to be spread. I find no problem that being spread, but women are only present and men to have ghira, and say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to press play on this This is not allowed for me to press play But for, me- for women, you know, I want this I want to sound like this, I want to recite like this I want to sing like this All of this, yani, whatever, this is allowed For a woman to have a voice which is beautiful Is a blessing, but she's got to use it in a halal way To her children, to her husband, to her family In their own parties, in their weddings Singing for the people That's what she should do She should yani, use it to recite and teach And so on and so forth Yeah. But why is it going to be for in the men? It shouldn't be it shouldn't be. Now, here's the irony. I don't. I, I mean, I, you know, it's unfair for me to make this statement. I don't think there'll be ever a woman that can recite as good as a man. But that's a very subjective bias statement. Okay. But that's because I, the reason I say that is because the greatest person I ever heard recite Quran is Sheikh Muhammad Mushawi, alayhi rahmatullah. <coughs> yani whose voice I would hear and it just destroys me. And I mean the voice, let alone the recitation and all that stuff that comes with it. And now when you think about it something like the uh, Rashid Ali Sufi. Yeah, when he recites Quran, his voice is just insane. However, no man or woman thinks of the voice as sexual. You know what I'm trying to say? No no man does, obviously. And the women don't as well. Women look at that and hear that, and they hear proper the Quran and the recitation and whatever, whatnot. What women have to understand is a woman reciting doesn't have the same impact upon men. That's what you guys have got to understand. Yeah. That's what all women need to understand. And that's what the Sharia says. Yeah? So, so my, uh, so, uh, so I'll come to you second, Farhan. Yeah, the, the so therefore, the, what I'm trying to conclude is that, um, yes, oh. when a woman is with her, uh, uh, so let me just finish up what Sheikh Amin says. He says that, uh, yeah, Anyway, he's not exactly yeah, any, you know, singing and dancing about the hadith But he's basically saying, yes, if they're by themselves And they can say tasbih And that's, yeah, any, uh, you know, that's something which is uh, okay By the way, just in case I didn't uh, tell you the evidence for this The hadith uh, of this is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari Hadith number 684 If something yeah, any, you know, makes you doubt in the prayer yeah, any, When you're behind someone, you doubt Hold on, what happened there? If he makes tasbih Then someone will turn towards him yani, Meaning that they will become aware of the issue And as for the clapping of the hands And as for women So that hadith is super super clear And in narration by Muslim That the uh, women are only to clap Women are only to clap So that's basically Um that's basically that. Let's take Farhan's question and let's, uh, let's actually just f- focus on this subject. There's no way we're gonna do the next one. And let's have uh, You know, the, um, you're talking about mistakes. Yes, yeah. So for minutes, four minutes. Uh, four minutes the yes. Does that go up? the limitations go out the window when it's in the case of danger? When yeah, so the, so that's gonna come actually. In you know, like the New Zealand attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, 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 that's going to come. And make sure you ask about attacks, okay? Because we're going to come to section what happens if we outside of Tasbiyyah. Yes, uh, Hamza? So in the Hadith, it, it just says that a woman should clap. Yeah. And they don't tell you the wisdom behind it. So if the... So in that Hadith, and a, a reason is not mentioned, Yeah. Absolute. Uh, I, 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 absolutely, I, I, absolutely correct, Any that's why not the school, all the scholars agreed, they said no, a woman is meant to clap, the hadith is clap, you don't know no other option other than clap But as I said last week, the job of the scholars and the single most difficult thing that a scholar can ever do is to identify the reason why Allah reveals something And the reason they do that is so that they can answer confidently questions like that So if I just accept a hadith, then I never have to worry about answering any person's question. I just say, just no, you have to clap. Whereas if I do think about it, and I think, "Mm, why is that? Clapping, man, clapping. You know, clapping in the Qur'an is only mentioned once. All right? You know that, yeah? Only mentioned once. And who is that associated with? Who? The mushrikeen. It couldn't be more cussed. Than, than possible, yeah? the clapping, that's what the, you know, they used to go around the, the Kaaba They used to take their clothes off and they used to clap their hands. And they used to whistle and go, you know, like a hippie kind of a kwas, yeah? So they would do that around the Kaaba There's nothing positive about clapping in our religion. So for the Prophet to say that women clap, right? Indicates such a departure from the prayer and normal life and honor and respect and all the rest of it, yeah? Or seriousness, I mean, okay? Because it's allowed in weddings and whatever. So serious worship uh, uh, is so removed that there's got to be a real killer reason. And the only possible reason, I mean, what other reason could there be? Is because of the fitna of the voice. Because the the, the, the comparison is given there. Men say subhanAllah and women, you know, don't. So I I personally, I uh, completely follow the hadith. I also believe that women by themselves, they can do it. Now here's the interesting part. Sheikh Muhammad Tarshindi asks, "What if it's a man and a woman, a, a husband and wife?" Mm. He said, "Still not allowed." And I like you know I didn't like it before, but I like it now. <laughs> I thought about this, and it's not an issue of mahram or non-mahram. It's an issue of fitna. It's an issue of where your mind's going. It's an issue of, you know what I'm trying to say? So, we just don't need to hear dulcet tones of your wife yani, telling you X, Y, Z. You got what I'm saying? Or the nagging, <laughs> or the nagging shriek, yani of to totally destroy your prayer once and for all. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, you get what I'm saying? Yeah? Alright. Yeah. Just on the point of, uh, voice. Yeah, of the woman. Yeah. So, in the society a yeah. like that uh, So, is, 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 that's, that's a really good question, right? That is a really, really good question. Waqa said, What about today? A group of women? Should they be allowed to say, Tasbih amongst themselves. Because obviously, the whole situation has gone upside down. You know, women here on women day and night, looking for any reason. This is Wakas's point. If men find the women's voice, yani, alluring, then, everyone used to then the exact, so women would do as well. You know what I'm saying? So the answer to that is that, uh, the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no, is, is, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the funny cool answer is what, Uthman, which, uh, is what Uthman just said which is then actually everyone to not say anything at any time at all which is not possible um, but also because the Prophet ﷺ's uh, time was not as exempt as you may think and that's simply the answer there was this kind of behavior there and uh, people don't believe that but it was yeah so yeah it's a good question though yeah uh, just Let me just do some online ones, then we we'll come back here Now, how is Shaykh Uthameen saying Yes, that's right, a hadith, that some of the Hanafi scholars, they do believe that it is obligatory to recite something from the the, the, the surah But the muhaqqqin of the madhab, they know that it's not correct How is Shaykh Uthamin saying it is preferred to recite whole surahs? Wouldn't a statement like that need to be based on concrete evidence? Well, Mesa, said the concrete evidence is him saying Recite this, recite that, recite that The three surahs which are complete and the fact that the majority of the time that he led the prayer, he led with complete surahs. So it's actually quite easy to say that's preferred. Yeah. Going completely against the sunnah for what is a faida for the people? Does it open the door to other things? How does one prevent the sunnah being lost in lieu for what is beneficial? The, uh, this is obviously referring to the point of you know, leaving a surah out to actually uh, whatever. So I would argue, Sumerah, that leaving the surah out is not something which is haram or even leaving the sunnah per se. The Prophet uh, Aisha anha said, okay, that the Prophet sallallahu recited two very light units and then he went out to lead them in Fajr. When they asked her later what she meant by two very light units, she said that like it was the Fatiha only. And there are some different narrations that describe the lightness. So it's, it's something which is allowed, uh, Sumira. So I don't think you need to go outside of it. Um, you talked about makeup and uh, nail polish and uh, things. You know what, let's just come back to this. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Just make sure we do come back to it. Uh, why would the Imam salah be invalid? Because he's not sitting back. He's not fulfilling the arkan. So it's a uh, rukan to sit back up and then, you know, to <coughs> calm and, and breathe and so on. You know, we did all that. Is there any different... When the female is praying amongst mahram men. Yeah? I've answered that, right? I've said that I think it shouldn't be done. It should still maintain the point. Her voice is distracting. Her voice is not the right kind of voice to be hearing inside the prayer. Yeah? So, you know, there are certain sounds that you might hear that really bring interest to you. Right, so a woman and is singing, a woman speaking, a woman making the speech. This is a sound that's going to bring attention. You know, I was praying the other day, okay, or well, I was praying recently, very, very recently, and I heard a sound, which literally made me nearly stop in my prayer. You know what that sound was? It was clapping, but a different type of clapping. This one, this clapping. And my heart went, I haven't, this, I haven't, sorry, let me get it right. This house hasn't heard that sound in six months. Fresh roti. The tawa was out. Did this that I wish. Obviously, yeah, Osman got it in one. Because I bet your dad was here. And that's exactly the right answer. Dad was around, didn't it? So I've made a decision that I'm going to bring my dad around every single day. <laughs> Yes, Baji. Yes, bro. Fresh roti, and he was so happy, and I was sitting there, I was so happy, and the Lala was so happy, and Isa came home, and he was so happy. We had the fresh roti instead of cornflakes every day. <laughs> no, 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 no. No uh, So where we are now? Okay, you want to mention that Sayyidina Abu Bakr would recite. Ayah 8 of Surah Ali Imran after reciting the Fatiha in Jama'ah. Could you elaborate on that a bit? Was it in a silent raka'at after every raka'at? What Ibrahim is referring to is a narration narrated by Imam Malik in the Muwatta that Abu Muslim... I forgot his surname. Rahimahullah from the Ta'ba'een. He said, I came to Medina and... uh, I was desperate to pray behind, you some of the big companions, and I went into the Masjid Nabawi, and Abu Bakr Siddiq was leading, and I was like, "Oh, great!" So you got there early anyway. So he's praying right behind him, like super close. He goes, "I was so close <coughs> to him that when he would uh, sway in the prayer, uh, his thumb was touching my thumb." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just shows the how many people crammed in. Yep. Yeah? and he goes that i heard him in the third rak'ah of salat maghrib recite rabbana la tuzigh qulubana ba'da id haytaina wa hab lana min ladunka rahma antal wahhab so ah uh, huh? in the third rak'ah in the third rak'ah and then he went for takbir so there's obviously a number of things to learn from this. He's asking a question. What's the uh, uh, what did it was actually question? Elaborate. So yeah, it was in the silent part. It was in the silent part. He was reciting to himself, and it wasn't in the loud part because it's the third rakah. And the other benefit is that you know it's now permissible to recite in other numbers of the raka'at, Yeah, as we've said before. Okay, we have some evidences from the Prophet ﷺ that, that you can do that. So the ikhlas is very common in all of the Raqqaat. But the asal is two full, one empty. Two full, two empty. Of course, and that remains. But every now and then, you mix it up. You know, like Sumera asked, you know, why do you have to go against sunnah? No, actually it's part of the sunnah to mix things up. This is called what we call the tanawar. Tanawar is when something is narrated in different types, it's sunnah to use them all. We was uh, <laughs> uh, 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 in Jum'ah last week, you know, for example, the Adhan and iqama is a really good example of that. The Adhan and iqama have been narrated, as we covered three years ago, in a number of different forms, but you see no one using the variants. You only stick, see them sticking to the same one. And so, um, there is a... <laughs> this is funny. So, I'm always, always recommending you know, people you know, mix it up, especially when they're authentically narrated. There's a brother at the moment who's kind of, you know, he's a little bit of, you know, here and there kind of guy and he's currently, you know, enjoying the, the Maliki madhhab at the moment. Yeah? So, he... <laughs> so, he, uh, 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 he's Miskini, he's a simple kind of guy. But the point is, is that he's at the front uh, on Jum'ah, not expecting anything whatsoever about anything, about what's about to happen next. Masjid becomes full, Imam goes, goes down... And Imam turns to him and says, can you give the iqama Yeah? So he's like, all uh, oh, right. Mm-hmm. So he goes, uh, so you can see him pause. So, you know, Maliki, the whole concept of the Malikiya, uh, their iqama is famous because they, uh, uh, you know that the iqama of the Hanabila and the Shafi'is, it's hayal al-salah, uh, hayal al-falah, okay? And the Hanafis is full adhan, yes? So And the Malikiya is singular, Yeah, that's what he has remembered. So he goes in, and he goes, and he goes. <coughs> and everybody you know was like okay alright Allahu <laughs> <laughs> Akbar <laughs> So anyway so when the salah finished yeah what if someone grabbed him of course I grabbed him someone grabbed him So I said bruv bruv He's like one of these kind of bruv bruv kind of guy I said bruv What was the whole what was all that about then? He goes, bruv, that's Maliki, I, I come in it, bro. I go, what's that? He goes, Everyth- everything recited once. I go, yeah, that's right. But not the takbirs, at the beginning, at the end. They get that the, 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 uh, uh, as a double. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, shadu allah illa illa anna Muhammad, Rasulullah, hayala sula'ina Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. I go, but respect to you, you bought a whole next level new one. <laughs> Like you created your own new one, and I'm giving you bare respect for that. So, what I'm saying to the is that that's not allowed, yeah, I need to go into variants that have no basis. But in terms of variants that have basis, you've got three there to choose from. You've got four versions of the Adhan to choose from. You know what I'm saying? So, in the prayer, to recite, not to recite, leave this out, make that long, so much. But people would just stick to whatever. Anyway, uh, what are the rulings, if any, on women reciting Quran out loud where men are present? It should be avoided. Unless it, uh, it can't be avoided There's a women's class, for example, going on And men, you know, they can't all be You can't expect women to be going Whispering They're meant to do their classes and their lessons and their gatherings And it's upon the men to get the heck out Yeah, and to You get you know what I'm trying to say? It shouldn't be whatever Yeah? Yep, Sumera, I'm sure that, that she was going to Get really excited about that statement Yep, next uh-huh. What is the ruling of a female teaching the Quran? To a class composed of both men and women I don't think that that's something which is good. I'm not going to say it's haram, because scholars will say that it might not be allowed in principle, but there's a need, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think it should be encouraged. Okay? Yep, women, that's very good. You can keep making your decisions. Yep, Yes, yes, Qadi is of the opinion that he believes that the woman's uh, 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 voice recitation can be heard by men. That's his position. Yep, I know that I've debated on, on, on that as well. Uh. Yeah, Sharia is some kind of guy, I think. That's what as he said. Yeah, women don't recite as well. Uh, Ayaz, alaykum One of my teachers once mentioned that when reading a matan, if something isn't mentioned, then as a general rule, it's okay. For example, if one is making wudu and loses count of how many times a limb is washed, that's okay as long as it's once and they can continue and don't have to restart. What are your thoughts on this? Logic being that if a person needed to restart, the matan would have to mention it. No, that's not true. A matan is a complete summary, of course. You miss huge amounts from Matun. That's the whole point. It's meant to be as a beginning text. So that's not correct. As for the point that you gave as an example, that's correct. Of course, if you forgot how many times you watched something, as you know that one is a minimum anyway. So you've obviously done one as a minimum, so you're covered. Uh, if one is leading the prayer and they stand up for the third raka'ah, forgetting the first tashahud, the and they hear a subhanallah or a clap, do they continue the prayer without going back to the first tashahud as it is not a rukhan. All right, this is a very important question. All right, so you're standing up, all right? Sorry, yeah, yeah. You're standing up where you should be sitting down and all of the people behind you have sat down. When the people have all sat down and they say, SubhanAllah, if they catch you before you have moved in to a position closer to standing, so, if you're like just about getting off your knees and you hear SubhanAllah, all right, then you sit down and you carry on. Okay? And no major, no loss. However, if you hear the SubhanAllah whilst you are standing or near to standing, then they are ignored. And in actual fact, not only are they ignored, but the person shouldn't be saying SubhanAllah at that stage. Because this is a correct action done by the Imam. You get what I'm trying to say? What I mean by that is that Of course he's meant to do the tashahud But of course more He's meant to stand up if he misses it And if he misses it Then it's very clear the pathway You miss it You stand up You carry on as normal And you do sajda sahuh at the end So the imam was in control So that's happened to me for example Okay, Where people have I I, I stood up for the third Instead of sitting down And they said tasbih And I I knew exactly what happened but I was far more close to standing than I was sitting. And so, I stood up and I, ca- I carried on standing up and I maintained it. And they sat down, they carried on making tasbih, the and they realized I wasn't going to sit down. So then they all stood up as well. They stood up, I finished the prayer, and then I made the sajjidah uh, and that was the end of it. So my actual action was the correct one. And theirs was also theoretically correct if they had caught me yeah, I whilst I'm sitting down. But that's very difficult. That's why most people... If they know Deen, they will not say subhanallah if an imam gets up. Because the only time you're gonna realize something's wrong is when he's actually getting up. And it's too late by then anyway. Right? Remember that most of the not most, yeah, many times when a person gives tasbih or fatah and corrects an imam, there's gonna be no sajdi Don't forget that. Most of the time that a person is doing that is to indicate something that's fixable. And, obviously, when it's a major issue that requires remedial treatment, like the Sehu, then, you know, that will need to be done. But regardless, you know, he says it. But do I need to copy? No. Or follow? No. You mentioned that the looking at a woman's hair is the same as looking at a woman's genital, in sin. So then, what is your view on Muslims who watch TV, in which women are not in hijab, or going further, a woman, man, looking at the opposite gender, non-awra, but continuously? So, let me make it clear what I meant by that. What I meant is that In terms of sin Something being haram It's a threshold It's like It's like A person As long as he has four grand He has to pay zakat Even if he only has four grand Or if he has four million and four grand You have to pay zakat You pay zakat there You pay zakat there How much you pay is different But you've got to pay zakat Likewise To look at a woman's hair Is haram and you'll be punished for it in the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But to look at private parts is haram as well. But the level of the haram is a whole different level. That's what I was trying to say. But both are haram and they get the punishment. But they're not the same in terms of the act. So therefore, it is not possible to uh, say that So when I said in the same, I meant like that, technically. I don't mean in terms of consequence. I don't mean in terms of uh, spirituality. I don't mean in terms of purity. I don't mean in terms of fitna. And of course that's not the same, number one. Number two, the wider question, which is a huge question, which I've discussed before in different forums, which is what's the ruling of men and women watching, or rather men watching like either news or a program in which a woman is presenting or putting up a poster or X, Y, whatever, whatnot. So... In my opinion, this is my position. My position is that, that the internet or TV or videos or whatever is the modern-day version of going out, okay? Some people say, no, that's because that's intentional, that's, yeah, unavoidable. And I say, no, I say even intentionally. Yeah, I'm saying that it's allowed for a person to go out to the market, and if the market is there that has covered women, not covered women, you interact, yani yeah, with everyone as normal as possible, and you maintain your own if uh, and modesty in the right way and likewise the tv is representative of the normal market the normal market is this is that when you're looking at someone of the opposite gender the first look is allowed and the second one isn't what this hadith means is that in terms of desires the first one is normally the only one which is required for conversation or for momentary interaction or whatever a secondary glance is when someone has become interested or allured to that person. Therefore, that's not allowed. So that's a basic principle. That applies to the TV as well. So if you're watching a report, and suddenly you become allured by the woman, or even a woman on the man, actually, same, then that is when you have to turn away, turn your gaze away, think of something else, and then you re-engage with that when it's not. So the same ruling of a TV and a screen and a phone is the same ruling of interaction in a normal day-to-day life, whether that's done voluntarily or obligatorily or not. The next point is what about continuous? The fuqaha have made it very clear that there are exceptions to the and you know you can say instead when we study Usul, you study the different types of look. And the fukaha have many looks, they have different types of looks. So there's the look of teaching, there's the look of selling, the one of trading, the one of debate, the one of fatwa. And there's different <coughs> different types. And in each area, if the situation is free from fitna, then continuous looking can occur. Yeah, any uh, short, some are very, very short. Some are longer. Interviews, for example, or cases where you want to look for someone's reaction, for example. Yeah? Otherwise, if you think about that, if we were to apply this, you couldn't get anything done in normal life, let alone the, the judicial system. Women would get away with murder every day and night. They were just like, you know, giggling away, like, you know or guilty look on their face, oh, you can't look at me, you know? <laughs> It'd be madness, right? So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I've missed, but can a woman correct the Imam after clapping if you can't remember? Yeah, this is good. Hafsa, we did say that if there is no one that can help the Imam, and the men don't know and the woman does, then it's allowed for her to recite the, uh, to say, say the verse. But again, as Allah mentions, yeah, I need that one should be very clear, care, uh, careful with their voice. With to be too gentle with their voice, and to make you know the clickety-clack of high heels, you know, uh, 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 you know, attracting attention. Look at me, look at me. So, therefore, a woman, yani, she should get shoes which don't make that kind of sound, and wear clothes that don't attract attention, and colours that don't, yani, say look at me, and speak not in a luring voice, but in a strong, confident voice. No messing around, you know, whatever. So, likewise, when she would do that correcting, it would be done in a clear, teacher. You know, type of uh, uh, voice. If I'm praying with my wife and then I forget an ayah, is it best for my wife not to correct? Remind me. You know, I think it's permissible. If the you need it to continue, then it uh, continues. The name of the masjid, my masjid is called Masjid Ta'wheed. Um, the first lesson of LP, you said sometimes you need just to push you beyond what you think you can do. How the angel Jibreel pushed the Prophet because of the persistence we are sitting here now benefiting from his teachings. How can we as students carry this on to a new generation where the attention span basically is limited, limited to one minute videos? How many chances should we give others with trying to teach them before giving up? Or is it a matter of them finding their own way with time and maturity? I mean this is the 64 million dollar question. I mean what do we, what, do we what, what, what can we do? The truth is, is that, I mean my response to this is that you give the one minute people what they want and you give the three people minute what they want and the 15 minutes people what they want and you give all of the muslims what they need so i still teach a class like this which is you know going on for like an hour and a half now everyone's dying yep and i'm still going to teach this weekend you know a class which is 40 hours long yep i'm going to then teach it again the next weekend after and i'm going to teach another one in a couple of weeks after that and when i go to hajj uh, and those people who are with me in hajj i teach non-stop for like four days like you know it's like you know uh, so I just think you just carry on you can't let the people yani, just collapse to their level that they're at because you, know, y- you know you give them something because if you didn't give them anything then they'd have nothing and they just carry on listening to Adam Saleh and yani, and uh, God knows what other bakwas they're listening to and uh, you still keep on doing the thing with the hope that they will actually sort their lives out and uh, come to the thingy um, Wakas had a question, and then also we had one at the bottom Dean had something about makeup, and there we go, yep yeah uh-huh over the chest, yeah what level of blood blood? that's the ba- that's the absolute basic. And yudanin, Yani, this is yeah, so 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 this the Khumur yani, okay, is referring to the hijab. Okay, it's referring to the hijab area. Obviously, you know there's a difference of opinion on this, yeah. Some scholars refer this to the niqab as well, and it is covering, and that's an acceptable uh, opinion. The other opinion is that the khimar is referring to the cloth which is covering the chests. Yani, one of the evidence is that it's not a niqab. Okay, or the, the alternative opinion Is that a niqab was sometimes put like this Yep, and tucked And sometimes it was yani put over the face But it was never long enough to come down So there's a big discussion about it However, the majority of scholars understand it To be that which is covering the hair And covering the the uh, chest area and coming down Like yani a proper hijab does You know, like the hijab which is extra Above and beyond anything which is uh, uh, underneath it and uh, covering yani, the, the, the the shoulders and the head that little kind of scarf that they wear whatever this is like the big full piece and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best right so you talked about makeup and polish and all modern feminine cosmetics in Wudu in one of your Umrah trips about two years ago after you were asked a question on something, you mentioned you wanted to revisit this specific issue because of how many practicing women are wearing makeup and nail polish and how it has become a very pertinent a present fiqh issue nowadays you said that nails should be considered part of the hand or not, and that you were going to write about this subject because of how it became a modern issue. So I, uh, I didn't go back and do it, uh, but I did mention that, um, uh, I did mention that with the waterproof type ones yeah, that people wear, or that women wear, uh, there's an idea that you know there's a number of scholars that, that have rejected them because they did the test to see you know, they're so great and whether it went through and they found that it wasn't completely going through okay, and I said to you that there's no issue with that because that's a level of microscopic kind of analysis that Allah and His Messenger did not require when it comes to wudu right, everything is a general one, whatever taking it that step further which is to say actually no problem with any type of nail polish so there I'm talking about the nail polish which is covering the entire nail but is permeable, but it's not going through every pore. So I'm saying, you know what, that's, in, that's minuscule. That's literally insignificant. So now the question she's asking, Dina, is saying what about normal nail polish? Now, if I show you those hands, and you look at those nails, other than how beautiful they are, mashallah, and <laughs> just needing a lick of red, Yani, yeah, we look absolutely beautiful. How significant are they to the rest of the hands? Would you say significant or insignificant? Let's put your hands up if you say significant. Right. Put your hands up if you say insignificant. Alright, so that's probably about 50-50 actually. Alright? Now, there are some scholars, a tiny minority. I, I, I mean, I have to say I find great difficulty <coughs> accepting that as insignificant. Your your that's a finger. Yeah, full finger. That's, a, that, that, that's, that, that's that much of an area. If you add up all of my my fingernails, that's that big an area, look, on one hand. Yeah, about that big. You're telling me that's insignificant as an area? And then add that to that as well. Then if you're going toes, yeah, Mm -hmm. then, you know, what is a big toe as well? So, all right, that big, yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, I find it very difficult, yeah? And we end on this, all right? However, there are. uh, We did a a poll here. Half people said no, it's insignificant, and some scholars are considering it to be insignificant, and then they're throwing in the curveball that the nails are not from the hand, which is very difficult, very very difficult to justify that. Yeah, Allah knows best. So, my point is, is that if a fatwa is given by a scholar saying that a woman does not need to remove this, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to have a problem. But Adina, I want, I want you to know something, and I want everybody here that's listening to know this, that I think we do get lost in the, in the details and miss the bigger point. And that's why I want you to review my series on this that I recorded for Faith IQ, which was about four or five videos on cosmetics, cosmetic surgery, Botox, whatever, whatnot. There's too much of a focus on the actual procedure itself and people not caring about the bigger, wider problem, which is this idea that we must conform to a certain people's ideas of what beauty are and carry on and people are not stopping. There's no concept of Botox yeah, a thousand years ago or whatever years ago, and it's now become the norm. And then in the, you know before Botox, sorry, Botox started, there's no concept of a, a cheek filler or face filler or whatever it's called. What's it called? filler. that was it. Now that's in now, so you know, injections all over the place now, we're using the Botox. Uh, sorry, Botox when it was introduced was nothing, never for anything other than the lips, right? Where did it start off with? No, no, did it start off with that? Oh, sorry, what goes in the lips? Oh, sorry, so I've got it the other way around. Maybe fillers did work before Botox then. Anyway, obviously, obviously I'm not a Yania Cosmetics expert, as you've just seen. But the point I'm making is that, uh, where does it stop? Where does it end? And this idea of nail polish, it is, Yani a dangerous area. We start letting these things go, keep letting them things go. Back in my day, you know, it was red, or nothing what the fish is happening right now it's like sparkly purple and <laughs> i'm gonna stop right there before basically gets done all right <laughs> yeah. island next week cardiff this weekend if you're in that region uh island is definitely going ahead by the way yes yeah, so i'll definitely be there next weekend and uh, umfest of course don't forget that inshallah it's going to be good Zak mullah <laughs> uh, folks Ah, uh, umrah few places left for that April 9th 19. there's a American one we're doing okay for those who are interested that's the April that's March the 15th to 24th okay That's American one umrah light then the proper one 919 and Hajj has maybe a few places as well all right Subhanahu wa illa alaikum wa